you brought your Bible, I don't, I don't exactly know where I want to start. I guess we'll start in Mark chapter number 16. I got a lot inside. If you have faith and get it out, yes, amen. you'll get your answer tonight. Yes. Believe in God to get this out. There's, there's so much stirring in me. I, I really, uh, I don't know if it was six, uh, let's see, a bit more than like it. Maybe 10 days ago, maybe two weeks ago, whatever it was. I started sharing on the authority of the believer. Yes. Some of you remember that service. Um, we want to get into that again tonight because I just have more stirring in me. And uh, we started last time, I think that was a Wednesday night, uh, in Mark 16. And so we want to go there. This is Jesus right before he left. <clears throat> he said, this is in verse number 15. He said, go into all the world and preach the gospel to every creature. He that believeth and is baptized shall be saved. He that believes not shall be damned. Or that's a word for condemned. Talking about not, not going to heaven, to go to hell. And these signs shall follow them that believe. These signs shall follow them that believe. Now I want you to notice the very first one. In my name shall they cast out devils. Amen. Jesus was talking to Brother Hagin in a vision about the authority of the believer. And he said that he wanted, Jesus said some things about if you hadn't taken authority over that, I couldn't have. Remember that? And Brother Hagin said, I didn't hear you right. You remember that story? And he asked him to repeat that. And he said, I, I must have misunderstood you. And he said that like three times. He said, I'm going to have to have scripture for that. And Brother Hagin said, uh, well, he said to Jesus, the Bible said in the mouth of two or three witnesses everywhere to be established. He said, so I need at least three witnesses. And Jesus said, I'll do you one better. I'll give you four. And he gave him James where James says, submit yourself to God. Resist the devil and he'll flee from you. Not from Jesus, but from you. Then 1 Peter, you know, talks about whom resist Satan, resist Satan steadfast in your faith. Isn't that right? And then he gave him uh, Paul. Well, that was uh, 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 James and then Peter. But then he gave him Paul. Neither give place to the devil. There in Ephesians chapter number 4. And then he gave him uh, here uh, this passage. The Gospels where Jesus said, you'll, and Jesus quoted it this way, rather than say, in my name, Jesus said it this way in the vision. He said, making use of my authority or something of that nature. Uh, in my name, they'll cast out devils, meaning actually the way Jesus said it, they'll exercise authority over devils. That's the way he said it. Uh, to cast them out, you've got to exercise authority over them. So there's nothing wrong with that. That's not changing anything in the scriptures. Amen. So, the, you remember Jesus said in John 14, 12, he said uh, some other things there, but amongst other things, he said in John 14, 12, he said, the works that I do, you'll do also. Amen. He that believes on me, the works that I do, you'll do also. Right. Yes. Now, notice when he says you, he's not just talking to the apostles. And here he's not just talking about the apostles in Mark 16. He said, this sign shall follow them that believe. That's not just apostles. That's all believers. You know, church people ought not to be the pastor's referral service. Somebody needs help. They, they refer him to the pastor. How about you cast the devil out of him? How about you lay your hands on him? <laughs> Hallelujah. I love when I hear it. People come say, I did, I ministered to this person. I ministered to that. Yeah, come on, be a believer. Yes. Amen. Come on, be a believer. Yes. But uh, these signs will follow them that believe. They'll exercise authority over devils. Well, you can't exercise authority over the devil if you don't have authority over the devil. And that's what James said, resist the devil, he'll flee from you. Peter said, whom resist steadfast in your faith. Talking about you and me, not Jesus, talking about you and me. And so the authority that Jesus gained when he, remember uh, two weeks ago, whenever it was, we were preaching on this, that Jesus went into hell and spoiled principalities and powers. The authority that Jesus gained back was not something he needed himself. He had the authority before he came to earth. Even when he walked the earth, he cast out devils. He, he had complete mastery of Satan when he walked this earth. He didn't need any authority. He had that authority. But what was he getting? He was getting authority that belonged to us back to us. Because God said to Adam in, that, in Genesis 1, 26 and 28, just recapping a little bit. He said, uh, uh, have dominion. Remember, he said, uh, you know, uh, go be fruitful, multiply, replenish the earth. And then he said, have dominion. That was one of, uh, one of Adam's assignments down here. 
He's to have dominion. He's to rule and reign. He's to be the highest creation. And he's to be the one that uh, ruled over the earth. Amen. Have dominion. How do you have dominion? Well, that means you rule like a, like a king. Over the fish of the sea, the fowl of the air, every creeping thing. And then he said, over all the earth. Praise God. You've got dominion over storms, accidents. Amen. You've got dominion over all kinds of things to harm, that would harm you and hurt you and destroy you and fire and tornadoes and sickness and disease. You've got, you've got dominion over poverty. You absolutely do. Now, whether we know that or not is another thing, but we do. And that's what we want to get the knowledge of, get a better understanding of the authority we as believers have. <clears throat> Jesus acted different in circumstances, in many circumstances, than, than most people do. And uh, when you read the Gospels, I'll just, I'll just kind of dig around in this a little bit. When you read the Gospels, don't look at it like that's Jesus. He could do that. He was the Son of God. Well, certainly he was the Son of God. And certainly we're not, we're not the Redeemer of mankind in that sense and so forth and so on. But the Bible said that uh, the Bible, if you read it closely, as he is, so are we in this world. You ever read that? And then he said, like we already quoted John 14, 12, he said, the works that I do, you'll do also. Amen. And then we see like, well, somebody said he was the son of God. Well, what do you think you are? Now, you're not the redeemer of mankind. Your blood wasn't holy and you couldn't pay the price for anybody's sin. We're not saying that. But we got to understand what I'm trying to say is Jesus was God's sample son. In other words, look at him and that's how you're to live. When they, when they, uh, when the storm came up, they're going across the lake and the storm came up and they woke him and said, don't you care that we pray? Remember he, and they're probably in their mind, uh, you know, trying to get him to bail water with them or do something like that. Jesus stood up. Pointed to it, said, "Peace, be still." Yes. Amen. Amen. That thought didn't. Cro- that thought never crossed a man's mind. A, a natural man's mind from from Adam on. Never. That thought never. To do something like that, that thought never crossed anybody's mind. Where did he get that thought? Huh? He got that from God. He he had higher thoughts. Remember, Isaiah fifty-five says. You know, my thoughts are not your thoughts. As, as high as the heavens are above the earth, so are my thoughts above your thoughts, my ways above your ways. He had higher thoughts. Now go over to Romans chapter number 12 here. I'm going to come in a different door. <laughs> Amen. While you're going there, let me just say, um, he, he, he walked in this authority when he walked the earth to demonstrate how we're to walk. He said, the works that I do shall you do also. How are you going to do the works that he did if you don't have what he had to do what he did? So I said, well, now, wait a minute. I mean, he's, he's the, the son of God and, and uh, he never sinned. Well, yeah, we have sinned. But what was redemption all about? To bring us back to the point where there is no sin. And to be sons. Hebrews 2, 4 says he brought many sons to glory. He was just the first one. You know, somebody said, well, the Bible says he's the only begotten son. Well, back in the book of, back in the, uh, you know, in the gospels, that's what it said. But you come over into the epistles, he says he's the firstborn among many brethren. Amen. He's the first fruits from the dead. Or the firstborn, it calls him from the dead. In other words, if he's the first one, there's many that came after him. If you come up to me and you say, well, pastor, now I want you to introduce, introduce you, you know, let's say you're a new family. I want to introduce you to my family. Here's my son. He's my firstborn. Uh-huh. Yeah. You know what that tells me? Yeah. There's, some, there's some other ones around here somewhere. Yeah. Yeah. Right? Yeah. Jesus was the first begotten of the father yeah. or the only begotten. King J- John said the only begotten of the father, yeah. but now he's not. Yeah. Yeah. He's the right. first more among many brethren. Yeah. Yeah. Amen. That's right. <laughs> We haven't dared to even believe the Bible yet. Come on. 
The way he lived is the way we're to walk. As he is, so are we in this world. And so he, he had, he, he thought differently. Because he actually walked in, he walked in, listen to me, he walked perfectly in Romans 12 verses 1 and 2. Perfectly. What does Romans 12 1 and 2 say? Verse, we beseech you therefore, brethren, by the mercies of God, you present your bodies, living sacrifice, holy, acceptable unto God, which is reasonable service. And then he said this, be not conformed to this world, but be ye transformed by the renewing of your mind. Notice that. Transformed. That's the flow of God for your life. Transformation. That's the flow of God for your life. Transformation. Now, transformation into what? Remember Ephesians chapter 5 when it talks about... <coughs> um, uh, uh, chapter number four, actually, when it talks about uh, Jesus, well, it talks about the fivefold ministry given for the perfecting of the saints, for the work of the ministry, for the edifying of the body of Christ. Uh, that that uh, be, be, how's it go on to say there? There be no more uh, children tossed to and fro, carried about with every wind of doctrine, cunning, cunning craftiness, whereby they lie in wait and deceive. But speaking the truth and love, may grow up into Him in all things. Yeah. Grow up into Him. Yeah. Yeah. Amen. I'm missing something there about the measure of the stature of the fullness of Christ. Didn't that say something there? Till we come into the unity of the faith. Unity of the faith under the measure. Of the knowledge of the Son of God. Under the measure of the stature of the fullness of Christ. To the measure. He's saying the word. The, the fivefold ministry has given us to give us the word to grow us up. That's what it talks about there. Growing up. Grow up into what? Under the measure of the stature of the fullness of Christ. In other words, that you become just like him. He goes on to talk about that. Become just like him. Just like him. Oh, my, 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 my. Well, that's going to take a renewed mind. Yes, it is. And so when Jesus in the boat, when they were going across the lake and they were, you know, the storm came up and they said, help us, you know, we're perishing. I guess they're probably trying to think they're trying to get him to bail water or something. And he stood up and he said, peace, be still. Never thought about doing that. Never thought about doing that. Where did he get that thought? He had his mind renewed. His mind, he, he thought perfectly. In line with God's plan for man down here. He thought perfectly. And so he had higher thoughts. According to Isaiah 55, we quoted that. His thoughts, I mean, that's a much higher thought than get a bucket. I'll help you bail. Right? Let me get this sail down so it doesn't push us sideways so much, you know. That's a total, that's a thought, that's a, that's a whole nother realm of thinking. You know why he lived the way he lived? Because he fought the way he fought. Yes. Amen. Somebody said, no, he lived the way he lived because he was the son of God. Well, yeah, but uh, listen to me. The Bible said he laid aside. There's a lot of things we got. Well, I wish we had time for. The Bible said, okay, well, let's just go back to John 14, 12. We can use that verse. The works that I do, you'll do also. Yes, sir. If he did it because he was God, and we're not, right? We can all agree with that. We're not. Please say amen on that. You aren't. I'm not. We're not God. If he did it as God, then that verse shouldn't be in there. The works that I do shall you do also. If he did it because he was God, that verse is not that. That, no, can't, that, that don't work. There's your sound effects for the night. <laughs> that just doesn't work. Doesn't work. But see, we've got to understand that he didn't do that as the son of God. Somebody said, oh, he said he wasn't the son of God. That's not what I said. He was the son of God. But he didn't do it as the son of God. Otherwise, he, we couldn't do those works that he did. The Bible says that if you read this in Philippians, chapter number two, we don't have time to go there, but it says he, he laid aside, the King, King James doesn't say it exactly this way, but all these other translations say it, a little, say it a little clearer. He laid aside his heavenly glory 
and he became a man. Well, he had to, do, he had to lay something aside. Because otherwise we wouldn't be able to even look at him. He'd be, he'd be full of, too much full of the glory. He became clothed in flesh. He laid aside some of the privileges of being God. Oh, I'm leaving this place. I don't believe that. Well, just think about it. One of the, one of, let's think about some characteristics of God. God is omniscient. So when, when Jesus walked the earth, he was omniscient. Wait a minute. Wait before you, before you go down that rabbit trail. Think about it. Read the Gospels again and see if there was times that he didn't know something. Yeah, absolutely. Remember whenever they, he came to uh, Mary and Martha's house, they found out Lazarus had been dead. He said, where have you laid him? He must not have known. Why would you ask that if you knew? And you go through the gospel and there's things he didn't know. Well, if God's omniscient, isn't God omniscient? He knows everything. Okay, then that means Jesus knew everything. Not necessarily. Not, not without revelation gifts, just like us. Because he laid aside some of the privileges of being deity. I didn't say he wasn't deity. I said he laid aside some of the privileges. Number two, God can, is omnipresent. God is everywhere all the time. Now, Jesus couldn't be everywhere all the time. He was confined to an earthly, fleshly body. Now, I don't think it was exactly like ours because ours fallen in sin. His, but uh, there's a lot there I won't get into. But, but he, had, he was confined to an earthly body. He couldn't be everywhere all the time. Sometimes. Amen. And also, then God's all-powerful. But in Jesus, Mark 6, Jesus said in his own hometown, he could there do no mighty works. So you can see very quickly that he laid aside some of the privileges. What did he operate as? He, he was God in the flesh, but he operated as a man anointed of the Holy Ghost, just like us. Under, listen to me, under Adam's original authority. See, Adam had fallen. Jesus had not. That's why he's called the second Adam. You ever read the Bible? I, I'm, we're going, I didn't plan on getting into any of this tonight. but Adam had fallen, but Jesus came in an unfallen condition. So he could operate in Adam's original authority. When God said, have dominion, Jesus is operating in that. That's why they tried to push him off the cliff. He just split the crowd and walked on through. He's totally in control of that. Storm came up. Peace, be still. He's operating in man's dominion. And then he said, the works that I do, you're going to do also. In other words, I'm going to get you that authority back. And I'm going to get you sinlessness back. Woo, glory be to God. Oh, I, blah, 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 I know I got sin. Well, wait a minute. If we confess our, well, let's go back to uh, 2 Corinthians chapter number 5. The Bible says, God made him to be sin for us who knew no sin, that we might be made the righteousness of God. Whose righteousness are you? You're, right, you're God's righteousness. Does God have any sin? God have any unrighteousness? Don't be talking about, oh, I just miss it so often. I got sin and I'm so sorry. Don't, don't, always, don't, don't always be apologizing to everybody. You're living in sin consciousness. That doesn't mean you haven't missed it. When you do, you, you make it right, right? But anyway, sinlessness got, we got sinlessness back, and we also got our authority back. That's what Jesus went to hell to strip the devil of, is what he had stolen from us, our authority. There's a whole lot of scriptures. I'm, I don't, I'm not taking time to go to all these scriptures, but if you need the scriptures, we can, I mean, well, go, go, go get some of our teaching out here on some of this. Don't make me work on that twice. I'm just <laughs> Amen. We have a class in Bible school. Take that class. You can take one class at a time. You don't have to take the whole Bible school. Just go under the authority of the believer class. I'm telling you what, it'll put, it'll put a, it'll, it'll square your shoulders. Yes, sir. That's right. Hallelujah. Rather than uh, the devil bossing you around, you'll be bossing the devil around. Amen. So the works that I do, you'll do also. How are you going to do what he did if you don't have what he had to do what he did? He had the authority, Adam's original authority. He, that's what he walked in in this earth. Now, when he died, he came under Satan's dominion and went into hell as a Trojan horse and defeated the enemy. You know what I mean by a Trojan horse? 
Remember that story? That's how he went into hell and he defeated the enemy and he came out of there. That's when he rose from the dead. He said, I have the keys. I have the keys. That's the authority of the believer of death and hell. Go ye therefore. That's what he's talking about here. You go. In other words, you go in that authority. I got it back for you. I didn't need it. I, was, I had it whenever I was in heaven. I was doing fine. I had it when I walked the earth. I didn't go into hell to get that back for me. I already had it. I went into hell to get that back for you. That's what I went into hell to do. And I stripped. I spoiled. Remember Colossians? We read it last two weeks ago, whatever. I spoiled principalities and powers. And remember, we read very carefully where we said in Luke in one place and Isaiah 53 in another place where he divided the spoils with us. Praise God. Ah, Lord Jesus. Now, so um, one of the works of the believer, remember he said, the works I do, you'll do also. According to Mark 16 here, one of the works of the believer is to exercise authority over demonic forces. And like we said last week, don't wait till the devil shows up with a red pajama suit and a pitchfork, you know, fork, fork horns on his head and say, hi, I'm the devil before you resist him. Anything he brings, whatever the word says is his stuff, his, his, you resist that. Amen? Amen. Praise the Lord. So, uh, one of the ways that we do, uh, one of the ways we do the works of Jesus is we exercise authority. Now, this verse says, signs will follow them that believe. Say it out loud. These signs will follow them that believe. Amen. So, these signs, um, notice this. He calls it there, it's a sign that will follow you. Now, not only is it a sign... But exercising authority over demons is a responsibility. You understand what I'm talking about? It's not something, because remember in Luke 19, one of the parables that he's talked about where there was a, a, a man that went to, uh, he, he gave talents to his people and he said, go, I'm going to go get a kingdom. I'm going to come back. Remember the talent, parable of the talents. He, he ch- wanted to see what each one had done with the talents. That's a parable of him going into heaven and then coming back. And you remember what he said whenever he left? He said, occupy till I come. Occupy. You look that up, it, it includes doing business, but it more than that includes ruling and reigning. Yeah. Because whenever he left, they said, we don't want this man ruling over Come us. On. See, he's talking about ruling and reigning. Yeah. Yeah. So the, the, how was that man ruling over them? He was ruling over them through the ones he had left all his right. stuff with. Yeah. So when Jesus left, he gave us the authority he gained back, and he said, you rule and reign with that authority. Now, beyond your realm, you don't have as much authority, but, but if you get into prayer and the Holy Ghost comes on you, you operate in special faith. You can operate in this beyond your realm of authority, but mostly it's for your personal life. You know, your affairs, your, your dealings, stuff and so forth and so on. Jesus exercised it against that storm that came up because now it's affecting him. Now it's trying to hinder what he's, what he's uh, doing and where he's going because he went on to the other side and had to minister to man cast the devil out of him. I think it was that demon in that man that stirred that storm up, to be honest with you. That's a whole other story. He's trying to hinder forward progress. Anything that's hindering forward progress, you've got authority over that. That's why he said you'll tread. On serpents and scorpions. Now they'll, they'll come up and pop up themselves in front of you, but you'll just tread them on down. Why? Because you got forward movement going on. Amen. Treading means I keep on going forward without stopping for the hindrance. Hallelujah. You can go ahead and get, get happy tonight. He said, occupy till I come. Rule and reign. People that are doing this, they're not praying for the rapture because they need escape out of the, out of the, the defeat they're living in. <laughs> Don't be secretly wishing, oh, I wish Jesus would come. I, my, my, rent, my rent's due or something like that. <laughs> That's not walking in dominion. Amen. He's coming for a glorious church. Glorious church. Not a defeated church. 
running out of their caves because they're afraid and hiding from the boogeyman. You know what I'm talking about? No, ruling and reigning. Woo, glory. Praise be to God. All right. Having a good time here tonight. So uh, it's not only a sign, it is a responsibility. It's not just a privilege. It is a privilege. But it's not just a privilege, it's a responsibility. James 4, 7 says, submit yourself to God, resist the devil, and he'll flee from you. Not from Jesus, from you. Now, don't misunderstand me. Without him being in us, he's not going to... But you understand, he recognizes the authority that Jesus got for us, and he responds to that. Now, we've got to recognize the authority we have. But he said, resist the devil and he'll flee from... Notice that's not a suggestion. That's spoken as a direct instruction, a direct... In other words, it's really a command. Don't let the devil run roughshod over you. Don't let the devil run roughshod over your kids, stealing from them, deceiving them. They're under your authority. Hallelujah. So it's not just a a sign, it is a privilege, and it's not just a privilege, it is a responsibility. Why? Because only through through believers doing this does God's work get advanced in the earth. Otherwise, it's hindered. Satan opposes it, dominates believers, keeping them from doing the will of God. Amen. You're not to allow Satan or anything he brings to hinder the the forward progress of the will of God. So if we as the church will exercise authority over the forces of darkness um, and and we'll hold them back, the will of God will be able to be done. The Bible says in 2 Thessalonians 2, 3 through 12, that it's the church that is actually holding back the Antichrist. In other words, him fully coming into manifestation. The Bible said very clearly that spirit's already here, but it can't really get it on all the way because the church is here. Amen. We got to recognize who we are. We're an authority down here. Praise the Lord. Well, there's so much to this. I, I get I, I, all these rabbit trails are popping up and I'm, I'm passing by a lot of them. But <clears throat> so um, Jesus said, occupy till I come. If we, we as the church will exercise authority, these things will be held back and the work of God will be able to get done. Now, how long are we supposed to do this? Till he comes. Occupy till I come. Till I come. So how long does this authority uh, belong to us? Till he comes. It's not been done away with. Well, that's the apostles did these mighty signs and wonders. No, till he comes. Till he comes. Occupy till he comes. Now, that brings up uh, an issue some people have talked about and some people have not understood. But um, apparently God, whenever he gave Adam dominion back there in Genesis, apparently God intended for him to have it for a period of time. Because, because, um, Notice, till I come, or till Jesus comes. Then you see demons, when Jesus would cast out demons, listen to this verse. This is in Matthew chapter number 8, verse number 29. Demons would scream out when Jesus was in their presence, "Uh, what have I to do with thee, Jesus, son of David? Uh, Are you come to torment us before the time? Before the time. What does that mean, before the time? Well... There's coming a time, we know this from the Scriptures, there's coming a time in Revelation 20, it talks about it in verse 10, verses 14 through 15, when uh, Satan will be bound and put in the bottomless pit for a thousand years. That's the time. (laughs) Are you come to torment us before? That's when they're going into bondage and not going to have access to the earth anymore. But as long as we're here and that, you see, Satan hasn't been put, you know, because Satan has, he has access to this earth. Somebody said, well, let's just cast him down into hell where he doesn't, he doesn't have access to the earth. Adam gave him the right to be here. Somebody said, boy, I just wish I'd had, we could get a do over. Well, don't do it over with you. You'd have done the same thing. I'm not mad at Adam. Right? 
Oh, Lord Jesus. We've proven. Tell your neighbor, you've proven, I've proven. That we'd have done the same thing. Why? Because we have done the same thing. <laughs> Lord Jesus. So anyway, we got that out of the way. But Adam, Adam, Adam turned that over to Satan. Satan didn't, see, somebody said, the Bible calls Satan over in 2 Corinthians 4, 4. Satan's called the God of this world. Wow, God, why did you make him the God of this world? He didn't make him the God of this world. He made Adam the God of this. Woo, no, no, no. I said little G. I'm talking little G. Little G, not God, not God, Jehovah God. But he gave him the rulership of this earth. He was supposed to be the one in charge down here. So Adam has made that, but Satan's deceived him out of it. He took that authority away. Uh, so we get, we get the New Testament says Satan's the God of this world. Now he's not our God. That's what Jesus delivered us from. He doesn't rule over us. We've been translated out of the kingdom of darkness into the kingdom of his dear son. Oh my goodness. I am having more fun tonight than I. We're not under his lordship anymore. That's what we're redeemed from. Praise God. So anyway, God got, Jesus got that dominion back for us. And then he handed it to us and said, go and exercise authority over these forces of darkness. And then he said, occupy till I come. So all the way to the end, we, we rule down here. My life is going to be free from demonic activity for the rest of my life. And I'm not just talking about, you know, wrappings on the wall or furniture moving in the house. That, that's demonic, all right. But I'm talking about sickness and disease. I'm talking about the curse of the law. Everything that got in through the curse. I'm talking about a tormented mind. I'm talking about all the works of the devil, whatever they are, wherever they are. Jesus came to destroy the works of the devil. You look up the word destroy, it literally means to untie. They, it's not that they don't exist anymore. They, they're all around us. But he untied us from them. He stripped Satan of his right to do those things to us anymore. But if we don't know that, we'll be waiting on God to keep the devil from doing something that God told us to take authority over. That's why Jesus, I mean, Brother Hagin just had to shake his ear and said, Jesus, you said you couldn't. Uh, I got to have scriptures. And those scriptures say to the believer to resist the devil. It didn't never say pray to God, Jesus, do anything about the devil. Never, never once. It says the believers to do something about the devil. What does that mean? The authority has been delegated to the believer. Amen. Wow. So that's the introduction. <laughs> The Weymouth translation of Mark 16, 17 says, in my name, rather than, than, rather than in my name, the Weymouth says, making use of my authority. Anybody ever, in fact, I, uh, one of the staff members just found out was going to be out of town, I think down Kansas City. They just bought a house and they're going to be closing on it. And they said, well, I can use the power of attorney. You know, so I could be down there and I can still, still buy the house by power of attorney. That's... You know, if you've ever done that, I've done that. I've bought houses that way. You give an attorney or a, a, sometimes a real estate agent or somebody else through a signed document, you give them the right to use your name yeah. Yeah. To, buy, to sign your name yeah. on that document and it's, it's you buying the house. That's right. That's right. They're signing your name. You're, yeah. They're using your name. Yeah. It's the power of attorney. That's what Jesus gave us when he said, in my name. He's handing you a power of attorney, yeah. and it's basically a blank check. Yeah. And say, use this. Use my name. Use the authority I got for you. Use it. Use it. And make use. By using my name, you're making use of my authority. You ever thought about this? Everything you own is in your name. You own a house, a car, yeah, yeah. whatever. You own a lot of stuff, right? It's in your name, right? Yeah. Well, uh, everything Jesus got for us is in his name. Yeah. And he gave you the use of that name. Yeah. Yeah. He's not the only one that has the use of his name. That's right. 
Bible says in Acts, there's no other name under heaven given among men whereby we can be saved. That name, Jesus himself went to heaven, but he left his name down here for us. And that's how we use his authority. We say, in the name of Jesus. That's just like Jesus standing there and saying, now you stop it. Whenever we do that. And I got a whole series on that. So don't, don't take my time away from on that. <laughs> my goodness, the church. The church. Who is the church? My, 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 my. So making use of my authority. Now, how do you make use of his authority? Mark chapter 16, verse 17, rather than say the New English Bible, rather than say... These signs will follow them that believe. The New English English Bible says faith will bring these miracles. Notice that. These signs will follow them that believe. Believe. Not Not just anybody, but those that believe. Somebody said, well, this church over here, they don't have any of that. Well, they don't believe. We believe it. Amen. I talked to a guy one time in denominational church. I was telling him some of the miracles and things we've seen, and how God's moved and so forth and so on. And he said, well, we don't have any of that in my church. I said, well, the Bible says these signs will follow them to believe. Yeah. I said, we believe it. We get it. You don't believe it. You don't get it. Yeah. <laughs> he didn't like it quite that straight, but that's the way it was. Uh, We just don't preach all that. Well, then you don't get it. Faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word. I believe it. Glory to God. It's working for me. So these signs will follow them to believe. New English Bible says faith will bring these miracles. So the authority that Jesus delegated, and one of the miracles is exercising authority, right? And so the authority that Jesus delegated us over the forces of darkness is exercised by faith. This is so simple, but it's so powerful. You need to get accustomed to stay. See, Jesus talked to things. He talked to wind, waves. He talked to dead men. He talked to fevers. He talked to trees. He talked to different things. You need to get accustomed to talking things, talking to things. I talk to money all the time. Well, you're just money-minded. I got a job to do. That's what I'm minded of. I'm minded of I got some things I got to do. You got some things you got to do. Amen. Praise the Lord. And so, uh, but you need to get accustomed to just standing up in your own prayer, prayer time and wherever you pray, whether it's your bedroom or wherever you pray, get accustomed. After you've fed on the word, just stand up and say, now I'm talking to some things. And you begin to speak some things. Well, I'm in my own bedroom. They can't hear. They're not there. They're me. Oh, things can hear. More things can hear than you realize can hear. Who would have thought of talking to a tree? Trees can't hear, can they? Well, they must can. They did what he said. That's right. That's right. That's it. Come on. I feel like a lawyer pleading my case tonight. Okay, so, all right. Now, let's go back now. Let's go really, now we're going to start the service, all right? You have got, back to Romans chapter number 12. Romans 12, 1 and 2. Of course, verse number 2 mainly. Be not conformed to this world. Verse 1 is important. If you can't even rule over your own body, forget about ruling over <clears throat> sickness and disease and things like that. Remember what he said, first of all, present your bodies a living sacrifice. Somebody said, I'm going to rule and reign. Okay, start with your own mind, your own body, your own. Amen. But uh, anyway, so, but verse 2, he says, be not conformed to this world, be transformed by the renewing of your mind. Now, if you want to take a trip into the realm of walking in your authority. You've got, to, you've got to go on a trip into the realm of transformation. I don't know if, if I, that came out the way I meant to say it. Did you understand what I'm saying? If, if you want to get into walking this way, walking in authority, you have to go into this process of transformation. Because this is a totally different way of living than the average person, especially, especially non-believers, but I'm talking about even Christians. Amen. 
And to go into the trip. Now, now let's look at it. Be not conformed to this world. Be transformed. Transformed. Say it out loud. Transformed. Transformed. That's God's flow for your life. Your life is to be continually transformed to look like the Bible. To look like Jesus. Amen. Amen. Now, we think of Jesus living clean and holy, and that's part of the transformation, us living clean and holy. But living in authority, being, being in one who, I mean, you look at Jesus' life, authority over sickness, he spoke to fevers and they left. Authority over wind and waves, authority over death, authority over lack, because that's really what he was exercising authority over when at the fig tree. It was a, it was a lack tree. Yeah, he went up to eat. He went to get something to eat. It's like you go into your cupboard and there's nothing there. What do you do when there's nothing there? You speak to nothing. You say nothing. You will not. You will not live. You will not live anymore in my life. <laughs> That's what Jesus was talking to. He's talking to nothing. He's talking to lack. <laughs> That tree, he said, he answered and said unto, that tree said something to him. Answered means somebody said something before he answered. Except in this case, it wasn't someone, it was a tree. A tree said something to him. What did it say? You're not going to get lunch today. Where are you going to get something to eat today? He answered that. Anyway, that's, that's a whole other sermon. I'm bypassing a lot of rabbit trails. Okay, Romans, but Jesus, so he operated... He operated in complete authority. He, he, the way he lived was a higher way of living than natural living. And in John chapter number three, it invites us to come up to that. It says in John three, John the Baptist was talking about Jesus. And he said, because, um, well, anyway, he said, uh, he that is from above is above all. John the Baptist said about Jesus, but he wasn't limited to Jesus because he said he that is from above. He didn't just say Jesus. He that is from above is above all. Now, you're born from above. Philippians chapter number two talks about you're born from, from above. You're born yes. of God. Yes. And, and a lot of verses do. But yes. he that is from above is above all. And what he has seen, that he testified. So if you read that, what he's, he lives in a higher way of living. Yes. That's what it means. He that is from above is above all. Yes. He lives in a superior way. God's plan for you is to live in a superior way to the average person you contact all week long. Just like the average man would say, let's get a bucket and bail water out of the boat. Jesus came and he, he operated in something totally different on a totally another level. That's what Jesus died to bring you up to, to live supernaturally, not just naturally. Because a lot of things are, a lot of things that come against our lives are not just natural, they have spiritual forces behind them. We've got to understand that to really understand what we're talking about. All right, so, but, but notice, oh my goodness, I'm just now kind of getting started. But anyway, that's the nice thing about pastoring. You can just sort of take next service and get back into it again. We're getting some help tonight. So if you want to go on, to a, on a trip into the realm of walking in this kind of authority, you got to go on a trip into the realm of transformation. And to get into the realm of transformation, you got to get into the realm of renewing your mind. Amen. So really, the Word of God is a bridge that gets you from the natural over into the realm of the Spirit. From one side to the other. Amen. To acting like a mere man... To acting like God. Yeah. Ah! Yeah. What do you say, Myrtle? <laughs> Be ye imitate. King James says followers of God as dear children. It literally says imitators of God. Imitate God. Imitate Jesus. Saying the same thing. Imitate Jesus. You're in his seat. Why can't you act like him? He raised you up together and made you to sit together with Jesus in heavenly places. 
<laughs> if you are seated, seated with him, seated, same thing. If you're seated with him, then you have his authority. You ever seen those old time movies when someone, a king, brought someone up to sit with them? Remember, they got a seat right by them. When they got somebody, that means they've given them their, the authority to exercise the authority of their throne. That's what you have. You have the authority, the, the right to use the authority of God's throne. So, so when the devil goes boo or whatever... You can bring to bear the authority of your seat. Yes. Now, you have to think, you have to, you have to be transformed in your mind to think about, think like that. Now, let's get this, we, we got to get a little bit out here and then we'll close this up. So, notice, be not conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind. Now, notice that you may prove what is the good, acceptable, and perfect will of God. Jesus perfectly did the will of God because his mind was perfectly, th he thought just like God. Yes. His mind was completely renewed. Now, so he, he got to the perfect now, or got the perfect. So notice there's two flows here. There's the transformation flow and there's the conformity flow. Be not conformed to this world, right? Conformity is the flow of the world. Transformation is the flow of God. Conformity is the flow of the flesh. Transformation is the flow of faith. Amen. God's flow for your life is transformation. Remember he said, beholding as in a mirror the glory of the Lord are changed into the same image from glory to glory. Praise the Lord. Changed into what? To the same image. He's talking about what you see in the Word. He, there's an image of you in the Word. It's you walking just like Jesus. That, that Word has a picture of you in there. And that's what you need to see yourself as. As you see it right and see the word correctly, transformation begins to happen. You start thinking differently. You start thinking higher thoughts. I've said in counseling meetings many times and thought, we are, we are talking so low. Because I'm trying to meet them where they are. I'm not the one talking low. I'm, saying, I'm trying to meet them where they are. I'm talking so low compared to who they are in Christ. But I just got to make a connection somewhere. <laughs> you understand what I'm talking about? If I could get them to see who they really are, the devil's heyday would be over. So, say two flows. Conformity and transformation. Transformation is putting on the new man that's already on the inside. We're not talking about you becoming something that you're not. You have been made righteous in Christ. You've been seated with Jesus. Above. You're already there spiritually in the eyes of God. But the transformation comes by putting that on the outside. And so really your, your circumstances need to be introduced to your new nature through this transformation. You understand what I'm talking about there? Your circumstances need to be, need, need to encounter who you really are, not the old ways of thinking. Hallelujah. And that happens through renewing our minds. And so uh, anything you don't live from the inside about, those things are going to look like the old man. Now, I keep having this verse come up. I don't know if you've ever read 1 Corinthians chapter 3. Paul talks to the Corinthian church and says, you are carnal. Yes. Where there's envying, strife, so forth and so on. Are you not carnal? And then he said, and walk as men. Yes. Hold on, wait a minute. Uh, I think they're men, aren't they? You ever read that verse? 1 Corinthians 3, what is it, verse 3 or something like that, 2 or 3? Three. Verse 3. He said, you're carnal, you're, you're yeah. walking in envy and strife, and you're walking as men. Yeah. What? Yeah. Humans. Yeah. Yeah. Men, man and woman, man, you know. Yeah. You're walking like men. Yeah. Oh, okay, wait, 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 Paul. Uh, they are. Right, right. Apparently, he said, <laughs> yeah. 
He's trying to tell them you're not mere men. That's what he's trying to say. You're not mere natural humans. You've been, you've been raised. You've, you've been recreated. You're seated far above. Don't live down there in the flesh, the, the strife, the blah, 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 blah. Don't walk like that. You're not merely that. You're not merely a body that has fleshly appetites. You're a new creation seated with Jesus in earth. People say, well, I'm old. I can't teach you. You can't teach an old dog new tricks. You're not an old dog, and these are not tricks. Amen. All right. All right. I got, my, my, my. I'm running out of time. I'm barely getting started tonight. So um, anything you don't live from the inside, you know, in other words, who you really are. That's what I'm trying to say. The new creation about, it's going to look like the old man. So if you're not transformed, you won't walk in dominion. The more you're transformed, the more you're going to walk like Jesus in this world. Can I just say this before we go? Bible says we're to resist the devil, but to do so, we're going to have to resist conformity. You know what you got to do to conform? Nothing. Don't read your Bible. Don't pray. Don't go to church. Just float along. And you'll look and act and talk and think and smell. Just like the world. We laugh, but there's some truth to that. You know what I mean by stinky alcohol and cigarettes and stuff. Praise the Lord. So to, to really resist the devil, you're going to have to resist conformity. You can't resist the devil and yield to conformity. Conformity is the devil. <laughs> any conformity to this world happens without any effort, without any thought, uh, uh, no effort on your part. Uh, if you do nothing with the word or nothing spiritual with the word, then you are automatically in conformity. You know what I'm talking about? Automatically. Few people are even aware of conformity without the knowledge of the word that reveals it. You have to be constantly washed in the water of the word to see, okay, I'm not acting right here. I'm approaching this as a victim rather than approaching it as one in authority. <laughs> Have I ever found myself there? Yes. I can tell you my stories, but I don't want, my, I don't want you to think, how, you know, think bad of me, so I'll tell yours. No. <laughs> I'm just kidding. So this, this conformity happens as easily as getting the smell of smoke on you while you're in a smoky room. And the longer you're there, the less aware you are of the smell. And the more you think it smells fine, it's normal. Anybody know what I'm talking about? And someone comes in and they choke and say how strange the smell is in there. You think they're the ones that are strange. But really, you're the one that's conformed. The flow of this world will carry you effortlessly in the direction that the world is going. If you do nothing to counteract it. You know, like somebody said, any old fish can float downstream. Any old dead fish is what they said. Any dead fish will float downstream. But you got to be alive and you got to put forth some effort and you got to conduct yourself with some spiritual discipline in order to be transformed. Because everything around you is flowing in a flow of conformity. I'm applying this to authority, but you could apply this to a lot of things. <clears throat> So conformity, this is what it means. It means to voluntarily accept a condition without resistance. That's what it means. I looked it up. To resign yourself to your condition, such as a fleshly habit or bondage. Amen. In other words, see, you're, you're accepting less than what you really are or what you really can have. <clears throat> um, well, that's just the way I am. I've heard people say that. No, that's the way you feel. And that's the way, listen to me, that's the, because of the bombardment and the pressure of the enemy against your mind, 
that's trying to tell you that's the way you are. That's the way you, that's the way the pressure is trying to give you into being. Who you are is who the Bible says you are. You can feel like you have no authority to change anything the direction of this nation's going. But that's just the way you feel because of all the oppression. That is not reality. Reality is we're ruling and reigning. Amen. And he wants, he wants us to get to accept feelings, pressures. You know, that's how you form. You ever look, you ever, anybody got any Tupperware at home? Anybody ask yourself, how did it get in this shape? It was pressed. You ever seen one of those documentaries, how they make that stuff? They put a little ball of this plastic there, whatever, and they put this heavy press on it, and it, it molds right into the image. That's what the devil's trying to do. He's trying to put you in a press. He said, this is the image you're going to be in, and you have to resist that. And, and, and listen, you don't have the, you cannot resist conformity by willpower. You resist conformity by getting in the flow of transformation. Yes, amen. That's the only thing that has the power. There's no supernatural power in willpower. But transformation has supernatural power in it. To change. People say, I cannot change. I cannot. Yes, you can. You need the, you need the power of transformation. And that's in the Word. Woo, glory be to God. Somebody say hallelujah. Hallelujah. That's what you need to resist. And we say, we resist the devil. Yes, but resist conformity. Yeah. <laughs> resist conformity. You know, let's say you've never had anything extra in life financially. Uh-huh. And it's always been nose to the grindstone, just enough. Yeah. Don't have enough for a hamburger. Somebody said, well, that, but the, the, the pressure is not just there to hold you in that. It's to hold your, your, your mind in yeah. that. Yeah. He's trying to conform you to that experience. There is a transformation flow that will change that. And you won't walk in authority financially without getting in the transformation flow. It's the renewing of the mind flow. It makes you think differently and think higher thoughts. Woo, glory. Thank you, Jesus. And you'll be standing up speaking to things and, 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 and everybody's around you going, never thought of that. And it'll start obeying you because you know who you, you know your authority. You know who you are. Praise be to God. Stand with me to your feet. Folks are looking for manifestation when they should be focused on the flow of transformation. Through the renewing of the mind. That's what you and I should be focused on, the flow of transformation. Just looking into the Word and beholding in the, in the glory of God who we really are in Christ. Beholding what Jesus got back for us. Beholding our authority. We have been raised up to sit with Jesus in heavenly places. <clears throat> Just keep looking at and everything in the world, all your feelings, every experience you've ever had in the past will say, it's not so, it's not so, it's not so. And you keep saying, it is so, it is so, it is so. Amen. And you keep renewing your mind until you have a new image on the inside. That's what that transformation does. It gives you a new image. Authority only works through the renewed mind. I didn't say you don't have it until you got your new. You have authority already, but it only works through a renewed mind. That's what we're doing. Somebody said, why do you go to church all the time? That's, this right here is what we're going to church all the time for. We're renewing our minds. Renewing our minds. We're renewing our minds. I wouldn't go to a church that doesn't renew my mind. If it doesn't challenge me and bring me up, I don't have time for that. Hey, nobody got time for that. I got, a, I got things to do and I'm running out of time. I don't mean soon. I'm talking about, I only got 30 some years here to go. You know what I'm talking about? And I got to get something. So I got to, I got to be constantly washed in the realities of who I am in Christ and the truths of all those things. Hallelujah. The high place of the believer is up in the word of God. Get up there and, and be then in that transformation flow. Hallelujah. So authority works through the renewed mind. In other words, it works through the transformation of our thinking, uh, taking on God's, God's higher thoughts. And uh, 
and uh, raising up in, our, in, in the way we approach things. Just like Jesus, he lived, he didn't think about bailing water. He thought about the authority that he had yeah. Yeah. to say something. Yes. Say something here. Yes. Say something in this situation. Yes. Yeah. It feels different than an emotional experience of having a pity party. Absolutely. Somebody said, well, you know, I'm just... So used to having these emotional experiences during these times. Well, it feels different. The authority of the believer feels different. And it'll feel like nothing's happening. But see, a policeman stands up and holds up his hand and blows his whistle. And if he went by feelings, maybe his wife wasn't happy with him when he left the house. You know what I'm talking about? Everything's going wrong at home or something. But that's, that authority he has is not a feeling. It's something delegated to him from the state put in that badge and that's what you've been you've been deputized by the head of the Lord Jesus Christ and it's not a feeling it'll work when you got no feelings <laughs> somebody needs to shout tonight I'm telling you glory to God thank you Lord Jesus Thank you, Lord Jesus. Thank you, Lord Jesus. <clears throat> Thank you, Lord Jesus. Thank you, Lord Jesus. I've had, I've had family members. Now, you got to understand, you can do this in a certain realm of authority. Certain things are beyond your authority, but certain family members, it'll work. Um, but I've had family members, <laughs> well, I don't want to get into it all, but, but basically... Their yielding to some things was affecting me. And I just meditated on this. And just sitting, I remember one particular time, just sitting in my bedroom. And, and I got, I, it dawned on me what's opposing me. It's not my family member. It's, it's this thing of afflicting them. And it had to do with some things. I won't get into it all, but it was going to affect me financially and so forth and so on. And, and I saw what it was trying to steal from me. I saw it wasn't that, the, the, the human. It was... That was the spirit afflicting. There's a lot of oppression going on in this. And so I, I sat there and I thought, uh-huh, uh-huh, I got you, I got you, I got you. Just sitting there in the bedroom, I said, now, you take your hands off his mind. You'll not, you'll not cause him to make that wrong decision. I, re I forbid it. I bind you in the name of Jesus. Just like that, turned around. All of a sudden, they're just as happy as a lark to do things the way they're supposed to be done. <laughs> It'll work. It's not flesh and blood you're wrestling against. Did you know that? Well, this person won't do this. This person, you know, down the job. You know, well, it's not flesh and blood. You got to understand that. Hallelujah. That light, that revelation of what we're preaching tonight, once that dawns on you, you don't even have to raise your voice. Just in the light of the truth of what you know from the scriptures, you can just say, okay, I see it. I see it. Now, you, now Satan, you stop that. And you're, you're directing it towards one particular situation or something in your life. And, and just, just, you don't have to. See, authority doesn't have to raise their voice. Get that, get that in your thoughts, pat, pat, uh, parents. If you've got to raise your voice, that's just you saying, I'm not in charge here. Authority doesn't have to teach your children. I, don't wait to respond to me to where my nails are coming out. There's blood coming out of my eyes. I'm screaming. And the, Rick, and the, the people that watch the Richter scale call and say, where's the earthquake? You know, I'm just. <laughs> until, don't wait till that till you respond. Authority doesn't have to raise his voice. It just says, stop it. That's all. Listen, make. Listen, listen. Okay, we're going we're gonna to close. Parents, children are under your authority. This is one of the only relationships, human relationships, where a, 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 another person has the right to make another human being do something. Now, I'm not talking, don't start this at 16 years old. That's too late. You know what I'm talking about. I'm closing. Tell your neighbor, he is closing. Yeah. I, I couldn't pass this rabbit trail completely up. I had to... But, but you are, train up a child in the way. They didn't say, just point him the way. No, you train him. Train means you make him conform. That's right. 
and, and act the way they're supposed to. Now, there's ways to do that in love without child abuse and things like that. You understand. Amen. Well, I don't have time to get into all that, but praise the Lord. Did you get anything out of the word tonight? I'm telling you, somebody needs to say something to something. Somebody needs to say something to something. Amen. What is it? Just say it. Just say it right now. Some of you in the revelation of this, you can just say right now. Okay, I see that. I see what's been bothering my life. I say it and stops in the name of Jesus by that delegated authority. Amen. Praise the Lord. Just stop it. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. We've had things try to rise up in the church a number of times, and I just in the privacy. Sometimes I heard about it at, while I was here, and then in the privacy of my own car driving away, I said, now, Satan, you're, you're, not, you're not in charge here. And I just take authority over it, and it just simmers down. You know what I'm talking about? Just, just, just chills and becomes nothing. Amen. That's, you got that in your house. You can do that in your house. Praise the Lord. There's more to it, you know, walking in love and so forth and so on, but praise God. Father, we lift our hands. There's some that just took some, took some authority, and I thank you. The devil fled just like your word says. <laughs> Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Praise be to God. Thank you, Jesus. Hallelujah. We, 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 we say we're free from that. What, what folks spoke to tonight, that stopped. Satan's activity has stopped. His assignment, his strategy against their lives was broken. It's stopped by the authority of the believer tonight. We thank you for it, Father. Hallelujah. We wrestle not against flesh and blood. We thank you that spirits that tried to use other people are bound and they can't afflict our lives through using those people anymore. In Jesus' name, amen. Well, hallelujah. I'm glad I came to church. <laughs> Feed on this more. We're going we're gonna, to we're gonna be digging around in this for a while. It wouldn't, it wouldn't bother me if I preached on it for a year. Boy, our, our awareness of it would rise up. Would rise up. Praise be to God.